can't hear me wait can you hear me absolutely does it sound like i'm on a mic yes sounds okay. very nice. nice okay oh it kind of stinks though because like the camera is like so bad i feel like like it's for so dark me, for me no for both of us i can okay, see though. you pretty good i know it's a little bit dark um where i am i no. have all the lights on though so it's, um, it's it's okay well if anything we'll have good audio and that's fine absolutely yeah okay sick it'll be good for the um it'll be good for the uh, podcast people if anything maybe maybe not a good week to watch it on youtube yeah for sure because it's kind of dark but it's okay all right yeah. all right so what is up did you have a good fourth of july yeah i had a great fourth of july yeah um, obviously it was a little more low-key than mm-hmm. what we're used to but it was really fun just yes. got to spend time with family and all that stuff did not you, a good fourth of july for golf betting but that's a different story <laughs> did you uh, get to shoot off any fireworks uh yeah yeah we shot mm-hmm. off a couple fireworks we watched a lot of fireworks nice what about did you? you what did you guys have some fireworks no not really so i was at my um grandparents house and they live in like northern california yeah so it's down in the uh, Shasta area, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's so dry there, they can't. Oh, I, it's okay. pretty much illegal, too, almost. Gotcha, yeah. Because if one goes wrong, the whole place right. will go in flames. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So, do you want to begin with the golf results and some of your predictions? <laughs> yes. Okay. It, like I said, not ideal. We were talking about it. We were talking about it last week, and like I said, like Bryson was obviously the heavy favorite, but there was no way we were going to bet him at six to one, and that turned out to be the wrong decision. Yeah, no, he he killed it. He he destroyed it and destroyed most of my lineups in the process too. Mm-hmm. So who did wait but, who who did you think was going to win? Well, I mean, I. I think we all kind of thought Bryson was going to win, but at six and a half to one, it just never makes sense to bet a golfer at those odds. Yeah. But if anything, I'm just kind of glad we were, we got it out of the way, you know, like he was bound to win eventually the way he was playing. And so, yeah. And Ricky played a lot better. Yeah. Ricky had a bounce back week. I think he came in tied for 12th. Yeah. He, he had to have, he had to have an insane back nine on Friday just to make the cut. But then he, kind of got to work on the weekend you could tell he like wasn't feeling the pressure the way he was and he was just like sort of just out there playing his game and he looked as good as he's been in a while i I was really happy that he started playing good because he's like my favorite yeah it was cool to see i was kind of scared at first because um my dad was like i think it was the i think it was the last day or the or the third day and you like he said that he was he hit a couple bogeys early and i was like oh crap but yeah that's good that he he ended like 14 under i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. yeah he really got it going on the mm-hmm. and then it went and then we learned that what's uh, his last wolf what's his first name oh, yeah, matthew wolf matthew wolf's pretty good he's pretty freaking good yeah yeah he actually won a tournament last year and then it kind of cooled off but he's really? just a guy who can go really low and that's what happened this week it kind of fell apart from on the front nine on Sunday, but still a great week for Matthew Wolf. Yeah. So did you watch the end of it? I didn't really catch it. So like what happened? Cause didn't Bryson or did Wolf just kind of catch a little bit of fire at the end and close some distance or what? Right. Yeah. Once Wolf had kind of settled into the round, he Wolf had a few shaky moments um, early on in Sunday and then he kind of got it rolling on the back nine. And then yeah. Bryson did not take his foot off the gas whatsoever. And he was smashing balls. Yeah, and that caused him to make some mistakes, but he was ultimately able to finish it off. So Didn't he hit one like 400? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been <laughs> carrying it yeah, with like 340 yards of carry. So he's hitting the absolute crap out of that golf ball right now. Honestly, like, you know, you were saying once he gets a dub, it's going to be hard for him not to take any more, you know, or for him to like, it's going to be hard for anyone else to get dubs. 
Right, yeah. What if this is like the beginning? <laughs> it honestly could be. But like, there's so many good golfers, though. There are a lot of good golfers, but I think Bryson's like Bryson, Rory, and Justin Thomas definitely are probably going to be the favorites for pretty much every tournament the rest mm-hmm. of the season if they're in the field. And then I was reading that, um, what's it called? The uh, the Ryder Cup is postponed. Yeah. What, was that the next upcoming event? No, I think they're. I think it got pushed back just to. Yeah, it might have gotten pushed back almost till next year. But um, no, it's always sort of in September. But okay, got I it. Think, yeah, um, just because it's like a big international tournament, they don't follow the same rules as like the rest of the PGA events were. All right. So it's kind of like its own deal, sort of. Mm-hmm. So who's in the next? What's the next one? So this week we're gonna go to Ohio to a Mirfield Village Golf Club. And this is actually a very unique situation on the PGA Tour because we're actually going to be playing Mirfield Village this week as well as next week. So, yeah, this week is going to be the inaugural and probably the only um, workday charity open, which they actually um, just kind of made this event on the fly as sort of a uh, replacement for the John Deere Classic. Oh, yeah. We got canceled. And so I guess Mirfield Village just, like, volunteered to take – on the tournament well i'm sure they didn't volunteer they're gonna get some money but um they decided to have all the guys out for two weeks and so this field is going to be a lot better than what we saw last week which is going to be exciting um no bryson he's going to take a week off after i don't blame him he won like 1.4 mil i know yeah (laughs) yeah four tourneys in a row too he's probably yeah that's true gotta go hit those protein shakes yeah for sure um but Justin Thomas is going to be back. Jordan Spieth is going to be back. Xander Schauffele, John Rahm. Like, that's going to be a probably a more exciting event than what we saw last time. Yeah, because I feel like this last one. I mean, although like the Mar, like although I think um the closest because like Bryson towards the end of the last round was twenty one under, and then the next closest person was like. 18 but i feel like the last few there have been it's been within like one or two strokes yeah and that's kind of just the way detroit golf club was always going to play it's always just one of those courses where people go crazy low and so there's usually like a runaway winner there and bryson was just obviously playing out of his mind so he kind of took the reins on sunday Muirfield is going to be by far the toughest course we've seen since the pga tour has come back and so, and like, it's going to play even tougher next week for the Memorial. I don't know how, how it's going to play this week. I imagine the rough's going to be a little shorter and the greens are going to be slower this week, but um, still it's going to be the toughest course. So it'll be an interesting test for some of the guys. I don't think this will be as much of a shootout as we've been seeing. Yeah. So they're playing it back to back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So basically they're, they're just. Or do you think they get, a lot of guys are just going to stay and they're just going to roll right into the second round? Or yeah, um, yeah, and you're going to see a lot of guys play both weeks. And then, um, the thing is, this is just a regular PGA Tour event this week, so it's like a 168-69 man field. So a lot of players, like we've been seeing recently, next week at the Memorial, it's a, a invitational tournament, so only about 120 players but a much stronger field. You might even see a Tiger Woods pull up next week. So Really? Yeah. What does it take to get invited? Um, just high world ranking. Um, just like your overall. Much. Right, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So but basically, um, wait, what were you going to say? Like aside from like all obviously the four majors and the players and all the WGC events, the Memorial, which is going to be next week, is like one of the most highly regarded by different players. And so it's definitely going to be an exciting one to check out. And then this week's going to just be like a regular tournament like we've been seeing the past few weeks. So basically they're just going to like change the um, where the, like the pin placement and stuff, and that's about it? Yeah, they're going to change the uh, pin placements for sure. There'll probably be a few of the same pin placements, but they'll definitely save like the absolute hardest ones for next week. They're definitely going to grow out the rough for next week as well. And and um, I bet the greens will be playing a lot faster too, because that's kind of like the signature of 
the Memorial Tournament is how fast the greens are. Do you think there would be a possibility of a back-to-back? Same guy? Oh, same guy. Or do you think uh, that's pretty rare? That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's possible. If somebody, I guess, just feels super comfortable, it could just roll into next week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got to think that Shoffley is pretty close to winning one. Yeah. He's been yeah. really close. He has been close. Uh, yeah, this is such a tough field. I don't know about Xander, but he's hitting those irons so well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the big thing you've got to do here at Memorial, but he can definitely put himself into contention. So wait, who else besides him? So obviously Justin Thomas right now is... Yeah. Oh yeah, you said that. Okay, I remember, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then um, further down, there are some guys I like too that we can get to those guys later, I guess, as more value plays. But at the top of the board, like, yeah, Xander Schauffele, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Brooks Kepka, oh, Like, okay. those are all the guys mm-hmm. who are going to be, like, the favorites going into the week. Who's your favorite? My favorite to win, I would have to go with Victor Hovland. Okay. I've kind of, yeah. I've kind of been riding this guy for the past couple of weeks, and he's hitting the ball better than anybody on tour. And that's just a statistical fact. Like the last two weeks he's led the field in Tita green. He just hasn't been able to make a putt and Mirfield village. The greens are very small. And so you're not going to be seeing like the same amount of long putts as you would on a regular course, which is something Victor obviously struggles with. And the greens are going to be slower this week than they are usually at Memorial. And so I think that will be another factor that could probably help Victor Hovland out. I think, like we were saying last week, like Bryson had just been playing so consistently well that he was due for a win. I think Victor Hovland is due for a win right now. So I could definitely see him taking this. Okay, so what would your lineup be like? For fantasy golf? Yeah. I'll definitely be playing a lot of Victor Hovland. And then there are also some value plays I really like. Once you get down the board, there's a guy named um, Joel Damon who's clocking in on DraftKings that I want to say around 7,500, 7,700 for Joel Damon. I think he's got win equity here because he just hits his irons so well, specifically his long irons. And long irons are a big key at Mirfield Village. There are a lot of long par fours. And so... Um, Obviously, long par fours, you're not going to drive it as close to the green. So that really brings the guys who can hit their mid and long irons into play. And I think that's Joel Damon. And then a guy who I really, um, I guess, was hyping up last week um, was Adam Hadwin. And Adam Hadwin, he might have had a bit of a disappointing week last week until the last two holes where he actually finished the tournament, eagle birdie, and stuck into the top fives. And Adam Hadwin is a bit of a streaky player. So usually when he has one good result, there are a few more that are on the way. So I think Adam Hadwin is definitely a guy who could play well today or this week. And then Matt Kuchar, a bit of a course horse, has always sort of played well at Mirfield Village. I like him this week too. He's sort of a consistent guy. Like Matt Kuchar is a cut maker. And so I think if you play him in fantasy this week, you know, he's not a guy who you're going to be worrying about very much, you know? Yeah. So you think you, some of those guys could be sleepers that you could think maybe could win. Maybe not necessarily all of them win. to win. Yeah. But definitely all at least solid value. And then one last guy who was in the eight thousands, which is crazy is uh, Patrick Reed. And the thing about okay. Patrick Reed is he's a bit of a boomer bust sort of guy. And then obviously last week in Detroit, he was very bad and he, probably costed a lot of people a lot of money not me i didn't i wasn't on him um i had different people cost me money but anyway like patrick reed has been bumped down to 8800 which is about as cheap as you're ever going to be able to play patrick reed and patrick reed is a winner like he's he just finds a way to win like two or three pga tour events a season and so for $8,800, you're getting a guy who I think could easily take this thing down. That is terrific value. Maybe not for cash games so much, but definitely like as like a sleeper tournament play. I don't think he's going to be insanely high owned. So I'm loving some uh, Patrick Reed this week. Yeah, pretty sure I've heard of him. He's Has he been doing well? 
Like besides like last week, I feel like I've seen him like in the leaderboards. Right. Yeah. He's just, he's won the masters before. Yeah. Okay. He's just one of those guys who is just always at the top of the rankings and all that stuff. Mm, That's how I kind of feel about um, like the UFC this week. Some of the guys that are underdogs or whatever, like you will, you like, you will never get to see them as underdogs often. So you need to jump on the opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Should we move over to talking some UFC? Sure. Have you been, did you look anything up at all? Have you like been following? Yeah, it was actually super funny. I, immediately after our, um, our show last week, I went and did some research and I watched the uh, Gilbert Burns against, what's that guy's name? Tyron Tyron Woodley. Woodley. Yeah, I watched their fight. You watched it all? Yeah, I watched it. Well, I mean, it's just just 25 minutes that I watched it all. And um, I was super impressed by Gilbert Burns. So I was really disappointed when I found out that he wasn't going to be. I know. I literally went to look it up because my dad was talking about, he's like, you think Burns has it locked up or whatever? I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he will. Because um, I'm, like, I'm pretty high on him because his performance was really impressive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a beast. He's like so heavy handed and he's, people are so scared to go to the mat too. with him because he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy when Tyron Woodley kind of brought him to the ground, but then like immediately got back up because he didn't want to be down there with. Uh, mm. as, yeah. yeah, as soon as he hit him with that uppercut and he fell and he mm. dropped Tyron Woodley, I knew it was over. I was like, there's no way. Tyron Woodley just hasn't been the same. Like he fought um, when he lost the belt against Kamara Usman. He just pretty much got manhandled and he's been, been trying to like pursue a rap career and so many other like side oh, hustles really? that like I don't think his full like his full attention was focused on fighting you know kind of knows that his career is reaching it's yeah plus he's like 37 or something yeah so So, yeah it's kind of tough though when you're champion because there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it right yeah probably a lot of pressure too because everybody wants to take you on and stuff yeah and media obligations that takes away from your training what do you think about the uh, new guy what's his name uh jose mardival (laughs) <laughs> Jorge Masvidal Jorge. <laughs> yes Masvidal. he's a he's he's a beast but like I just don't understand the hype behind him like you should watch some of his fight did you see him do with his flying knee no you I okay. saw him on I saw him on a first take this yeah. morning oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. an interesting fellow huh he's definitely hyped up was this like was this sort of like a really big break for him to get uh headline fight like this or is he so, always in the mix so basically he um he he fought darren till which he's who was a pretty good big superstar and he knocked him out and then he had like this beef with ben Askren, who came over from like a trade with um think of it, it it's one fc or whatever and um they the like the bantamweight champion i mean not the band the flyweight uh former flyweight champion uh demetrius johnson they like traded him over for ben Askren or whatever um which was a welterweight champion in the other and the other um fighting organization and um they ben Askren just is a huge troll and he just like calls everybody out and stuff and yeah. so him and him and jorge like they didn't get along so they matched them up to fight or whatever and then jorge just became an instant superstar because he, he has like the fastest knockout in UFC, like UFC history. I'm pretty sure because he, he, he ran and he faked him out and then he just like Ben Ashton's a wrestler. So he went in for the takedown or whatever, but Jorge came in with the flying knee and just knocked him out cold. Wow. So you so, have to look that up. Okay. So even though he is sort of a heavy underdog this week, you think he's going to like come out guns blazing and definitely like, definitely put on a show no matter what right well i think so it's honestly like a lose it's a lose lose for the champ so like if he if the champ right now kamara uzman beats jorge masvidal he's expected to and jorge has the fallback excuse i only trained on six days notice but then if he if he loses it's like well shoot dude i like had a full training camp and no one like you know what i mean like it's a tough thing for him yeah but yeah if he loses it's sort of embarrassing but if he wins it's just what's expected so he can't really gain anything Mm -hmm. by it so it it, honestly like 
as much as people want to say it's like kind of badass for Jorge to take this on for short notice, it's honestly more badass for him too. Because we're talking about completely separate fighters. Like yeah. Gilbert Burns is a savage and Jorge is really good on his feet. He can grapple a little bit for sure, for sure. But like he's not on the same level as Gilbert Burns. And yeah, the UFC honestly is loving this because Jorge has so much star power and like a lot of casuals know his name. So you're going to get more pay-per-view buys for sure. Do you want to uh, throw out a prediction for it? So basically, well, I actually, I just want to say one thing though, is that Jorge, like he priced himself out hardcore. So he's been actually low key training for this fight for like six, five to six months, but he, the UFC didn't give him the amount of money he was asking for. So he backed out of this fight like twice. So it's yeah, not like he's coming on this in short notice. So it just kind of makes me mad that he like priced himself up. But I mean, like at the same time, there's an issue with paying the UFC, but it's a separate thing. But like, I think Kamar Usman's going to ragdoll him because he's such a beast. Was, that's what he was saying on the first take um, was that he definitely commands a hefty price for his services. Yes, I know. It's, it's fine. It's good for him that he can do this, but once he faces like the Colby Covingtons, like even this next, this upcoming weekend, he's going to get like exposed for who he actually is. And that's like a really good fighter who is not going to beat the top notch guys. Like he's really exciting and stuff. But when it comes down to like, I don't know, there's just something different about certain guys that are champions. They're so well. A certain tier below them probably yeah because there's there's definitely tiers there's like the beginners and then there's like gatekeepers and then there's like contenders and then you got champions you know what i mean right and he to me he's a contender slash gatekeeper he'll he will be soon but he, he i'm just i'm happy that you figured it out and he's finally able to like have some leverage because he's been fighting for 20 years but it's like dude wow. uh, he, he started with like kimbo slice in the backyard fighting and stuff that's how he got started like the bare knuckle wow. like backyard stuff so he's an old dude yeah he's well he's the thing is he's not that old though he's like he just started really young mm-hmm. he started he started like in his teen like really young and pretty sure he's like 36 now which isn't so too bad probably- considering he's been fighting for that long he probably started when he was like 16 then. Yeah, I know. It's That's insane. Crazy. But yeah. I just, I really, you should watch. And then, well, and then, yeah, he, he became even more of a superstar because of the BMF like title he had against Nate Diaz, which is like the baddest mother ever belt. They like made it up. Yeah. And so he has that belt. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of fun. There's like two belts on the line kind of, because if obviously if Kamaro beats him, he's the baddest motherfucker. Yeah, but like it's fine. I just I just get really upset seeing like guys that are really deserving of title shots, like, and then they get denied just because they don't. Because like for me as an actual fan, I want to see the best guys fight. But a lot of times you get guys that somewhat aren't deserving, but because they can pull numbers, they get more opportunities. Right, just fan favorites. Mm-hmm. At the same time, but like it. it at the same time, you have to market yourself. You know what I mean? Where like it's entertainment, so you want to have to have. I think it's 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 tough because you have really good guys, but if they don't want to put in the time or energy to market themselves, it's like you're hurting yourself. But at the same time, you want guys to be genuine. You don't want them to be fake. Speaking so it's just of, tough. Uh, speaking of marketability, I'd love to see Bryson get in the octagon with one of these guys. Dude, that would be my dad was actually talking about that. That was that'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. How big is he? Like how what's it, how tall is he? I don't know. He's I probably have to guess like six feet ballpark. Like he's, he's a big he's a big guy. Got even like before he got as big as he is now, he like had those broad shoulders and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he yeah. He's thick, dude. He'd still get crushed by it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, but he's a, he's a thick boy for sure. 
Bryson would be like calculating the trajectory of his punches and whatever. And then, <laughs> dude, I was so it was so funny. I'm like, what the hell's he doing? And he's walking all the way. So like his shot was it like on the on like this on like the um not fringe but like kind of in the like barely in the rough or whatever. It's probably like right, 50 yeah. yards away from the hole. And he, he walks, walks all the way up off. to the green and then yeah. he comes back. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. He's one of the slowest players. No, he is for sure. He analyzes where his ball is on a green or whatever, and, and he just like feels everything out. It's crazy. Didn't he not even get that shot up and down too? Or he made birdie on that hole. That you're yeah, I'm pretty sure he made birdie on that hole. But like, yes, I'm like, like, I guess it paid off there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was listening because I, I I didn't really know much about like how because he's super intelligent. I guess now, like right? Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of just that scientist guy, mad scientist. Mm-hmm. So like Pat McAfee or whatever, do you watch the Pat McAfee show? I watch clips from it on yeah. YouTube. From yeah, I watch clips too. And he said that like, I wouldn't be surprised if at one point like Bryson DeChambeau or whatever, like his brain just like implodes and he just starts to suck because he's like, you know. Um, yeah, just like computer overload. Yeah. Because like, yeah. I feel like once something yeah. like that, like a system like that breaks, it's hard to get back, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I, I feel like there's a lot of guys that are like, they have a system or whatever, but once every like shit hits the fan, you know, it's mm-hmm. tough for them to like bounce back. Yeah. And golf's one of those things too, that sometimes once, once um you kind of get into a stretch of bad play, it's all mental too. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if, how Bryson's mental game can um, compete once he starts hitting some adversity. Yeah. I forget. I think it was, it was, it was one of the first um, events back and Spieth wasn't doing too hot. Oh, and he's just talking to him. He's like, what the hell was that? Jordan Spieth is a head case though. <laughs> he's always like talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. On the court and stuff. Because he, he's always like, he's always yelling at his caddy too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I didn't realize um, that like Bubba Watson is kind of like, he's a head case too. Mm-hmm. I was watching clips of him and he was like yelling at his cat. <laughs> Definitely like earlier in his career too. He yeah. Was, they were like, it was old footage. Yeah. But I, I watched one. It made me laugh so hard. He was like about to, um, I think he was going to pitch it. Or like he was just gonna hit it onto the green or something, and he just like gets up, stops, looks over, and then just starts calling someone out in the crowd. I'm like, "What are you doing, bro?" He's like, "I see your phone," or because you can't like take pictures, you know? Right? Yeah. Or yeah. The, is it the flash or whatever? Yeah, no pictures during tournaments. Dude, this is so funny. And he, was, yeah, those um, golfers are so picky too about everything. I guess when you're that dialed in, you have to be. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's easy. I feel like they're so good that when stuff's going wrong, you know, they feel almost obligated to want to pin it on something else probably mm-hmm. because they're so used to dominating. Did you hear uh, Bryson's whole rant about the camera crew this week? Uh-uh. What do you say? He um. So the camera crew, Bryson on Saturday, he had a bit of a, uh, a few rough shots and you could kind of see him visibly frustrated and he spit on the ground a little bit and just I saw that. I saw that. He was looking a little mad. And then after, spit, dude, who does that? I know. <laughs> then the next day or whatever, later that day, he was like, Oh, these camera people, they're showing me in such a negative way, it's ruining my brand. <laughs> well, well, you want it to you dude, it's honestly good though. We want people want to see how you truly act. Like Right, like, yeah. Bright Bryson is the Bryson is golf's villain right now, and that's a good thing. Every sport needs like that bad guy. Bryson is the perfect candidate. Yeah, I know, dude. That's okay. It's actually weird how we're like relating you like golf and UFC right now, but like, like these these two guys, like honestly, the top. So the welterweight title or whatever. The the these guy like the guys that are fighting, like Jorge and Kamaru, are like both like people. They, like both guys like I feel like are really polarizing for a lot of different people. And even like, have you heard of Colby Covington? Mm-hmm. You know, Colby Covington? I think so. I know the name. Yeah, dude, he's a beast. Um, the people's champ. Um, 
those are like he's one of the most divisive guys because he's always like he's like a trump lover and stuff you know but like and jorge is just people don't know what to think and then camaro he just the way he talks and stuff people just like don't buy it his persona and stuff so it's like gonna be really interesting to see like when these all these guys fight like who they truly are you know what i mean because so much comes out after like someone loses or wins you know what i mean right yeah no more fake tough guy after you've gotten that's why i'm so excited for this weekend yeah it's gonna be super interesting because i just really hope that people don't discredit camaro just because um uh jorge took this fight on short notice because you know that would stink yeah oh and i forgot to ask you um was Orhe actually on Fight Island, or did he have to fly out on six days' notice? No, he, he they flew out like a couple days ago. They're there. Everybody's there right now. Okay, so he, yeah, he had as much time quarantining as like all the other guys, though. So it's not like mm-hmm. a safety risk or anything like that. Yeah, he had to take one of the like the antibody tests at home that which said he's negative, and then he flew out to. Um, las vegas where he quarantined like so like everybody flew out that was because like originally this fight was just canceled you know like uzman was on his way to like texas or whatever eating a bunch of food yeah like that's where his parents live and then they got a call and he's like oh crap so i have to fly back to vegas quarantine and then fly back out again mm-hmm. you know so they had to spend like 48 hours in las vegas after getting tested and now they have to spend 48 hours after being tested in Abu Dhabi before they can like go out or something. That's good that they're being very cautious though. I think that's kind of important for all the sports leagues to do right now. Yeah. They, but it's kind of a pain though, because like the, actually Kamaru brought up a really interesting point. So like, I think like they know that it's kind of a tough, it's really, it's honestly tougher on the fighters if they, get like a short notice fight like either way even if you have a camp or you don't if you're fighting a completely separate person it's still tough you know and so they're thinking that like maybe since jorge he was thinking he's like it's weird he's like since jorge is such a um big draw or whatever and obviously more of a fan favorite and superstar than the current champion is they're like he's like it's kind of weird to me that they would do this after i've went home or like on my way home, like after I've eaten a bunch of food and then they want to catch me off guard like this. Like, it's kind of, it's like something that I never thought about, but it's kind of interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you catch the champion that not a lot of people are down with who like not a lot of people want really want to see fight, you know, if they like are trying to pull something just so they can get a superstar in a position to where you could actually have a good chance at winning the belt, you know? That's interesting. Everything's a business, dude. Like as much as it wants to be like pure and everything, like if you market yourself right or if you pull numbers, like you're going to have a better shot at success for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's really interesting. It'll be exciting to see, I guess. If anything, this has brought sort of like yet another intriguing storyline to 251. I know. Like it's, there's, it's endless. Mm-hmm. like the storylines are insane but yeah it's it's gonna be really interesting to see but yeah do you have any predictions do you what do you think is gonna happen mm, i don't i don't know if anybody should really be listening to my predictions because this is definitely not my area of expertise but i think Orhe could pull it off he seems he seems confident enough maybe he just goes out there like on fire the 20 years of experience dude yeah that's what i'm saying like i was watching one of his interviews and he doesn't seem too worried and i'm like you know when you're when you're at a certain age you know and you've had so much experience and not a lot scares you yeah like if he grew up as like a 16 year old fighting grown men i doubt like too much is gonna scare him you know Mm -hmm. i know so and he's been in the business for 20 years so I don't really think he's going to be too phased by like the, um, by like the bright lights and he's not phased by that at all. Yeah. At all. The only thing that can, what? I think he'll rise to the occasion and catch some people off guard. Mm -hmm. I I mean, anything could happen. 
Mm-hmm. Really, anything can happen. It's but, completely new circumstances. Yeah, everything is messed up. But yeah, Max Holloway was saying that that's the co-main event, Max Holloway versus Volkanovski. He was saying that like they have like five mini fights before they have, even get to the fight. Like they have a lot to do. Yeah, like, it's pretty insane that you have to. They like for he lived in Hawaii, so he had to fly to Las Vegas, take a test, quarantine forty-eight hours, fly to Abu Dhabi. And then quarantine 48 hours. And then you have to cut weight. And then you have to make weight. And then you have to make weight. And then you have to um, adjust to fighting in the morning. A completely different time zone. Because they're going to be like 7 7 a.m. here. And then he has to actually win. Like in order to get his belt back. Like that's a lot to ask from these guys. Yeah. Did you say it's going to be 7 p.m. here? It's going to be 7 p.m. here. Main card starts at 6 a.m. in Abu Dhabi. Jeez, yeah, that is early. Yeah, and one of the girls on the main card is from Oregon, so like oh. you might as well just stay on the same time zone. Like, there's yeah. no point of adjusting. I feel like. Yeah. Do you think maybe they stay up all night before their fight, or just set their alarms? I don't know. I think it depends on the personality. You probably get guys that are super chill, and they're just like, "Let's do it." Like Masvidal's gonna sleep soundly at night. <laughs> like he's yeah. just gonna show up and be like, "Whatever." But I feel like some people they're just different you know yeah well but, looking forward to it for sure. i know me too do you want to talk about uh patty mahomes let's talk a little patrick mahomes okay that was you, crazy yeah so it's is it 450 mil right i think 503 million but i think that's counting the last two years of his rookie scale oh okay okay and then for 10 years yes okay yeah I was trying to understand it. So, like, how does it work? Because obviously they don't have that. Do they have that money right now? Because, I mean, I was, like, watching Pat McAfee. He was talking about how it's, like, he gets, he'll gets he get a percentage of the salary. Right, yeah. So they do, yeah. have, they do have the money. And then the interesting thing about the deal is that the biggest spike in salary comes a few seasons from now when the uh, – NFL salary cap is like scheduled to spike up as well because they're going to be getting a, a new TV deal. And so oh. it just is going to kind of fit into that. And like Patrick Mahomes was saying, he wouldn't have signed a deal if he thought it would like prevent the team from adding new players and getting better. So I don't think this will handicap the Chiefs too much. But I feel and, like it Loki does though. Yeah, I mean, obviously when you're spending that much money on one player, it's going to be like hard to like excel in other areas, but like quarterback is obviously such an important position that if you're basically locking yourself into having like one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL for the next eight years, that's kind of an opportunity you have to jump on. You know? Yeah. That's like what I was thinking. Cause there's like, there's like, a, it's like a, there's two ways to look at it. So you could have, you're going to have, you could either think that like paying Patrick this much is going to like inhibit them from like paying guys like Kelsey and Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew and like Tyree kill and like Sammy and Michael Hardman or whatever. Like it's going to be tougher probably to get a lot of like, or to keep more high caliber guys. But at the same time, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, it's really going to matter who's around him. Obviously it helps, but he's like a kind of like once in a, like not even generation, like he's like a once in kind of a lifetime quarterback. And so if, if you have any, he's like Tom Brady, like he's going to make guys, like he's going to make guys that have relatively no name, like better. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this was sort of a no brainer for the chiefs. You got to lock him up. If you want to win, if you want to have any chance of winning, you have to have him. Yeah, and this is, like, the biggest contract in, like, the history of sports. Mm-hmm. But they're getting them for 12 years, too. So, like, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is basically a chief for life after this. Basically, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, thinking, because Lamar Jackson, he literally, besides his tight ends, like, Mark Andrews and, like, Nick Boyle and, like, Hollywood, he doesn't have too much around him. No. And, yeah. he, and he is a, such a dynamic player. And... I wouldn't who would you have? Who would you rather have? Mahomey or Lamar? Easily Mahomes. Really? Easily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just the like a Lamar. About, 
The thing about when you've got a guy like Lamar Jackson, you don't necessarily always need the best receivers because when you're buying yourself like that much time by scrambling and all that stuff, your receivers are going to have plenty of time to get open and like find holes in the defense. And so it becomes less important. I feel like I think, okay. So I was given so much crap. So I, I was so high on Lamar. I'm like the Ravens just made like the pick of the century. Like, they, they they're gonna get a guy out of Lamar Jackson, and then yeah. no one no one when I was at UP, no one believed me. They're like, Lamar sucks. Like he's not gonna do anything. And I was Even like, okay, people were saying what? that, huh? Even this year, people were saying that. Yeah, like preseason. Okay, wow. like preseason going into this upcoming um, NFL season or the last years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't have gotten rid of Joe Flacco if they didn't think they had something. Right. Yeah. And Lamar. everybody was like, "Dude, Lamar, he's not. He's 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 a bust." I was like, "We'll see, bro." And so we had a. Um, I I didn't pick him because when we had a fantasy draft, I draft all Niners pretty basically because I'm just, I'm I'm a diehard. And so and when Niners bye week comes up, you're screwed. Yeah, I'm pretty much screwed. I'm looking for those free agents or whatever. <laughs> but um, it, actually, I did have Patty. Patty Mahomes was my quarterback, though. But I oh, replaced yeah. him with Jimmy G because Jimmy was my backup. And then, and then Patrick probably hurt you come playoff time this year, didn't he? Because wasn't he hurt for a yeah? Like, he was, he was hurt for a few games, and he didn't. Re- I I kind of benched him because he wasn't doing much. But um, I I told my friend Luke, I'm like, dude, get Lamar Jackson. He's like, no, and he was about he was he was about to, and then it's just so funny how guys just like r- like arise out of nowhere. Yeah, and then this year Lamar is going to be probably like a top five pick in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I was drafting guys like Raheem Moster, you know, and everybody knows who he is now. And yeah. no, they're like, who is that? Like, he, is he even on the list? I'm like, yeah, he is. And he ends up being like one of the best running backs or like not one of the best running backs in the league, but like one of the most productive back running backs for like the best team in football, basically. Or the best He's probably on a pretty good team if you were able to get him late in the draft, right? Yeah, I had – I had – um Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Raheem Mostert. So did you win the finals in your league or no, I lost I'm pretty sure. Wait, did I win? I forget. I pretty I think I came close to winning. But I ha- I my team was pretty stacked. Because I had I had like Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle, and like Raheem Mostert, and then I think I forget I forget my whole roster, but I was pretty stacked. Yeah, it's loaded. Yeah, it was pretty sick. We're going to have to maybe talk fantasy football sometime. We will, for sure. But Do you even think there's going to be an NFL season this year? I honestly have no idea. It's hard we, to tell. You, we, they, they could, but it's just it's going to be so like hard to make money. If any, if any sports league was just going to throw caution to the wind and just say, like, screw it, we're going to have a season, it's, it would be the NFL. Yeah, I know. Even but, ba- baseball is going to be tough too. They, there's no way that works out, right? Dude, there's, they're not going to make any money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> baseball is baseball's a mess right now. Between like the Astros scandal and um, now just their utter incompetency for the last few weeks, baseball is on life support right now. Basically, like, people barely want to go to the games as it is. Yeah, it's not a good time for the MLB. It's 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 terrible. But yeah, I mean, my dad my dad was looking like I think the San Francisco Giants want to forfeit this season. Basically, I wouldn't be surprised if more teams want to either. Yeah, I mean that would make sense because it feels like the players are sort of getting screwed over in this situation anyway. I don't know, like why they would want to. You the know? risk reward's not there. Yeah. But my mom, my mom's like, they need to be playing. They shouldn't matter. Like they should want to play, even if they're not getting their full salary. I'm like, mom, these guys want their full contract, and they're not. It's like, I don't know. It's Speaking tough. of playing, did you hear what my my guy Myers Leonard had to say this week? What he was making some pretty big headlines on ESPN because you know how a bunch of the players have been complaining about the bubble and how it's just not fair to them and all that stuff to be mm-hmm. cooped up. 
mm-hmm. Myers was like talking about how his brother did like two nine month tours in Afghanistan <laughs> for like a fraction of the pay. And so like spending three months at a resort, like making millions of dollars shouldn't be a problem at all. Yeah, I see it. But yeah, I mean, he definitely a valid point, but like it's you all these guys are still like making sacrifices. Like I guess obviously based off the life they're accustomed to. But yeah, I did you see yeah, I, I can't I agree with him. I I think I would have to agree with him as well. I love Myers Leonard. When you come to when you came to school with your Myers Leonard jersey, it makes me it just made me bust up laughing. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's still, hilarious. Still have it as well as the Heat jersey now. Nice, yeah. When he was against the Warriors, when he was just pulling up from the arc and he was just draining threes, I'm like, oh, what a he savage! Was that game, yeah. I know. He's it was, it's nice that he went out on a high note in a Portland uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there is definitely some low points. In his yeah. career, in the Blazers' career, and the like the like the Blazers recently, because they're always like good. I just feel like they've been missing a few pieces that like put them over the top. Right. Yeah. Myers is a Blazers Blazers legend for life. Mm-hmm. Him and Brendan Roy, they're like the same. Like their legacy is the same. Well, I mean, maybe Myers is slightly above Brandon Roy. Probably. But I I get what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. I'm just so because like for school I had to write about something and I just wrote about how coronavirus impacts sports and I when I was writing about it like because I wanted to write a good paper or whatever and I was trying to find all these ways that coronavirus is going to impact sports and like trying to find all these sources and then I was like took a step back I took a reality check like Kellen you don't actually want the coronavirus to like destroy sports because you like love sports they're your life but I was like it's it's so funny I was like yeah like i don't actually want this thing these things to happen but i was like low-key kind of happy like when a new story came out but because it was like more sources but then at the same time i'm like super upset because it seems like nothing is going to be the same after this no not for a few years at least yeah and if people if the people like if the way we live doesn't change anytime soon this is just going to become like a normal occurrence. Can I segue into the uh, Jonah Willard rant of the week? Yeah, for sure. All right. So while we're on the uh, topic of coronavirus, did you um did you hear about that news story of those um, police officers who showed up to a coffee shop wearing no masks? Yes. And they got into a lot of trouble. Yes. That just irritates me to no end people who don't wear masks Mm -hmm. it's like i get their mentality is like i'm like a healthy young adult like obviously if i catch coronavirus chances are nothing bad is gonna happen to me i might point zero four i might be under the weather for a couple of days but i won't die i won't probably go to the hospital i'll recover but like just wear a mask as like a courtesy to other people because like people are dying from the coronavirus it's getting worse it's getting way worse and so if you're going to the store or i don't know where people are even going these days like restaurants are open which is ridiculous but just wear a mask like i know it's uncomfortable and i know people think they're like immune to the virus but just like i don't know just be a nice person, I guess, and just have some consideration. Like for, for those that are compromised or can potentially die from it, you know? Yeah. For I real. need to get better about it. Like for sure. I haven't, like I wear a mask usually like most times, but like sometimes I don't. And when I see some, like an older person at the store and I see them like, look at me, I'm like, you know, I should be wearing one. Yeah. You know, just I mean, like out of respect for them. It's just sort of something that everybody kind of... Is Especially sort of like, now. Like, yeah. I didn't really take it as seriously. I was still paranoid about it. Everybody's like, even back in freaking... Um, what? Everybody's sort of just, I guess, learning about it. It def- definitely takes some time getting used to because it it's like a whole new way of living in the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have a quick question. Do you want to do one, like... Are you doing anything else this this week? 
Not until the weekend, no. Okay. Do you want to do like one on Friday and like do and like you can research and then we you could do like predictions for like the whole UFC two fifty one. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Okay. Yeah, we can just go down the card and just say. Okay. Can... And I'll do more research too. So we're going to do that because I feel like we didn't talk much about it. We just mainly talked about. Absolutely. Yeah. We just talked about the two main guys pretty yeah. much. But yeah, we can like dive in depth more. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Okay, sick. And then um, I sent you that picture. Oh, yeah. Of the uh, sports ranking. Do you want to like go through it really fast or do you have to go? Yeah. I actually made my, I kind of had to do some rearranging on it so I can talk about a few of the adjustments. Okay, sick. Yeah, I didn't really get a chance to do it, but I have a good idea. So like, I want to, I want to hear yours. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, sick. On Friday. Yeah. 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 We can do that on Friday. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Dope. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Do you have anything else you really want to talk about? Um. Do you have a prediction for the golf this weekend? Are there any guys who stood out? Dude, to you? I think I think Xander Shoffley for sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. might be a Xander week. He's come close since the PGA started, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But for sure, I need to make that list. I don't. I need to. How many did you do all the way through it? Uh. Yeah, I did. I went. Was it like forty-two? Yeah, I'm interested yeah, to see what you put. I thought. For the most part, like it was pretty good. Like I just had certain things jumped up like three or four spots, you know, but like in mm-hmm. general, it wasn't awful. I didn't think. Really? I, I could definitely tell it put more of like an emphasis on sports that involved like a lot of athleticism. And then at the bottom were sports that were like more like learned skill and technique, you know? Yeah. I just feel like the skating sports are really tough. Yeah. Even though like people might underestimate them, I feel like those are hard. Mm-hmm. But like it depends on what the criteria is because I mean anybody can really ski if you learn to, but to do it at a really high level and to get dropped out of a freaking helicopter in like ski in like the mountains, like that's crazy. Or like think about it this way too. Like a sport like I don't know, uh this is a bad example, but darts is like really hard (laughs) because like you have to like grind like probably hours and hours of practice and technique to like figure out the perfect form so that you can like hit your numbers consistently for sure So that's like really tough but then sprinting like you have to be born super fast in order to win the 100 meter dash at like a high level or whatever and like me and you there's only like so much like training and like workouts we could do to like compete in that like we're just never gonna 100%. ever be able to like outrun you same bolt yeah right yeah yeah hey, there's a certain amount of genetics that goes into stuff but like for, for, sure. Usain, for like for like Usain Bolt the 100 yard dash probably like obviously requires tough training but it also probably doesn't hurt that he's six four with fast switch muscle fibers. I know, yeah. But for like the top ranked dart player in the world, dude, I have no idea who that is. But it probably like <laughs> didn't come super easy for him. He probably had to like practice a ton and put in like maybe even more work than like Usain Bolt would have had to. You know? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people could do it, but the people that are willing to put in the amount of time to become the best dart player in the world are yeah. very far and like few and far between. I know. You know Plus, he, I mean? would even, he would even want to spend all that time just to become like the best. I haven't even heard of that. I haven't even seen it like a dart match online. You'd, like, have to, you'd have to really commit to it. Cause if you spent like a ton of time and money practicing and then became like the 30th best dart player in the world, I don't really think you're making a super good living for yourself at that point. Are you? No, I was, yeah, I was uh, looking up chess yeah. or whatever. And yeah, like some of the best chess players in the world, like there's only few of them that can actually genuinely make a good living off of playing chess. Yeah. Chess is another one that's pretty hard just because I feel like Bryson DeChambeau would be good at it just because yeah. like you have to have so much stuff stored in your mind. Like you mm-hmm. have to have like six or seven different scenarios playing out in your head all at once, which, which is, is like insane. Like that, yeah, I could never whole- do that it's a whole different like sort of skill set than any other sport, you know? Mm. I can't even imagine having to focus on that many things at one time. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Because you have ways that you want to win, but then if one person does something, if the, your opponent does something that like you don't, that you weren't ready for, it could throw everything off. I feel like there is no really incorrect way to order that list, you know, because every sport is just like really tough in its own way, I guess, which I yeah. guess that kind of sounds really corny and cliche, but like it's also sort of true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's why I, w- I would have had golf up there. Yeah, I think golf's really hard. Yeah, golf is hard, but then, like, then you get a guy like, uh, I don't know who's a good Brooks. example of it. Brooks, yeah, Brooks which just comes super easy to him, or a guy like Phil Mickelson, which would would have been more accurate a few years ago. Who's just kind of this like chubby, everyday looking dude, but he's just really good. It doesn't like necessarily require hours in the gym or like insane genetics, but Mm. it's such a hard game. Well, to be able to concentrate for four straight days, Mm -hmm. 18 holes of golf or every hole. Right. It's literally one hole can screw up your, like literally one shot. Yeah. We saw it with Todd. Yeah. He plays good for three days. Right. Then just shanks that chip. Right. He has it. Yeah. He shanks that chip. It has a triple bogey. Mm-hmm. Hold the whole whole weekend destroyed. And like knowing that that one shot probably costs you like a hundred k, and you have to like sort of like have that in the back of your mind for the rest of the round <laughs> while still playing like high level golf is just mind boggling. Yeah. I, but yeah. It's but yeah, tough. we'll have to go more in depth than that later. I guess I'm revealing too many of my cards right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. But I'm excited. So do you want to do it on Friday? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. I think that we did a good amount. How long? Yeah, it's, we did about an hour. Nice. I, were we? What were we last week? Like 52 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're putting in that work. Yeah, we are. It's sick, but... I'm excited. This is fun. Yeah. And like we it's okay. Like we can cut like some of this stuff at the end out. Like it's fine. I think this this was all gold and this this all should go on the show. Yeah. Okay, sick. Um, was there anything else that I wanted to mention? Not nope. Not really. So basically we'll go full in depth on UFC. We'll do the list, and then I'm sure something else new is going to come up. Yeah, we could. If anything, we could just do a quick check in on like how the golf tournament has gone. Yeah, for sure, because it'll be midway through, huh? Right. Yeah, and we'll figure out who's like made the cut and all that stuff. So yeah, we can. Oh, I wanted to actually ask you: Did you see Deshaun Jackson? Oh yeah, that was crazy to me. Yeah. So what did he say again? He didn't really. He, he had a quote. Yeah, he had a quote from Hitler, of all people. <laughs> yeah. Which is just unforgivable, in my opinion. Like, yeah. who would, could possibly think quoting Hitler is okay? I know. I'm like, that's just mind boggling. Like, have you, did you not, like, how do you, did you not learn anything in your history classes or whatever that would have suggested like, that Hitler is maybe not the best, best guy to like seek to for? any sort of knowledge okay it's great that there's so many people that have a good platform and stuff or like Um, a big platform to like speak i don't know great is the word i'd use what i don't know if i'd say great if they're using it for stuff like this yeah well i mean yeah you're right yeah most people are making a positive i think it's great that there's a lot of people that have platforms like in the, they can like like back in like the 40s and stuff there weren't there obviously weren't a lot of professional athletes that were black that like young black kids could look up to but now there are but at the same time i feel like there's a lot of idiots right. out there that just should keep their mouths shut yeah. like that they feel and like did they, you see that what did you see that kevin durant liked deshaun jackson's tweet ah god there's just a lot of things people don't think about before they do it yeah, but no, you're you're totally right about how it's good that athletes have a platform now. And a lot of them are like speaking, I guess, 
from the perspective of like maybe less like affluent communities who oftentimes like wouldn't have a voice in these sorts of situations. So it's definitely like important to pay attention and like regard what they have to say, you mm-hmm. know. But I think I it would be smart. I think it would be smart to consult your agent before posting a Hitler quote on your Instagram. Or just some random guy in the street. I feel like anybody could have told Lashawn that this was an idiotic move. But oh yeah, very interesting. But I just think that there's some people that they're better off just not because silence is violence. You know that saying? Yes, it's true. But at the same time, noise can sometimes noise can equal stupidity. can equate to stupid stuff but yeah awesome well this was super fun and then we'll i'm just gonna honestly put you in the bio for like the podcast thing so i don't have to put like guest okay okay it'll just be like me and you basically okay all right sounds good all right this was fun okay yeah this was awesome thank you for having me on again no problem you don't have to thank me you're the (laughs) co-host all right right. bye (laughs) yeah